Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello on, everyone. Welcome back along to your home of rugby. And we are here for yet another weekend of Super Rugby action. This weekend, we've only got three major matches to be talking about. And, well, we've had some good guests over the time. We've had Shane on the show. We've had Paul on the show. But today, oh, it's a monumentous day because in Australian rugby, things have got out of control, some may say. We have got a preliminary final this weekend in Super Rugby AU, and of course, the final round of the two New Zealand Super Rugby altered all matches as well. But today, we are bringing you all someone who, if you're tuning into New Zealand Sport Radio, you won't have met before, but on my channel, he has been a bit of a regular over the last too many years that we won't even talk about. But it is with great um, pleasure to welcome back a man who is. Well, he's probably in the highest state of his life right now, but it is Brad Hartley. Welcome along and tell me, how happy have you been this week? Oh, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. It's been it's been way too long since I've been on here with you. But um, yeah, look, it's it's been awesome. Right? I've been in sort of a state of euphoria for the last, I don't even know how many days. We've had a big lockdown in Perth, but I haven't really cared because the force from the finals and <laughs> that's all that really matters. And uh, <laughs> You know, no, not even COVID can bring me down at this stage. So, uh, no, I look really happy and uh, it's been a great week, great lead up to it. And I'm just keen to watch the rugby on Saturday. It's going to be a cracker. I mean, imagine the boil over if they do. Well, I mean, they did the unthinkable last weekend, didn't they? Never before has an Australian team gone unbeaten throughout uh, a Super Rugby competition. The Reds were one game away against the you know, preseason era easy beats of Super Rugby AU and they, they felt the final hurdle and now the force doing the unthinkable, being in that grand final. Um, so much to talk about with that game. And, of course, with our special guest, Brett, on the show as well, we're going to be flipping things upside down, doing things a little bit differently because the big thing is this game is the third game of the weekend. It's a, a Saturday night uh, sort of matchup here for us in New Zealand. But over on your side of things, Brett, this is this is the pinnacle, the Brumbies versus the Western Force. I mean, we haven't talked to you all season long, but for the Western Force, this is huge to get this sort of stage, isn't it? It's massive for this team. Tell us you know, a little bit about what you know, that atmosphere is kind of being around with this team. You know, we know that they've got such a, a massive following over there and an incredible support. 
But now, you know, this is a team that's got that support based on, you know, not being the greatest team in the competition, but now they're getting that success as well. Things must just be at another level over there in the West. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, the atmosphere around the force. I mean, even even after 2017, we were asked, you know, the, the, the love and support for the force never actually died. Um, you know, the fans kept it going. Um, and, you know, just... It's been it's been amazing, and this is sort of the pinnacle of everything we've built up to after getting kicked from the competition. You know, rebuilding a team, um, retaining some key players, guys like Brandon Steiner, Ian Pryor, guys like Marcel Braki, who stayed from that cutting and are still a part of this culture. Maybe less so part of the team now than they used to be, but still a really really important part of, the, of that culture that the force have developed. And obviously, with with the money that comes in, with a guy like Tui Forest backing you, you know, be able to sort of make the sort of we call the barbarian team of Australia now. I guess with. <laughs> With all the imports, we've got guys like Jeremy Thrush, guys like Thomas Cabelli, um, Diego Miotti, uh, people like that. Um, and just, you know, finding the right combinations. Last year, when we were sort of invited last minute to join Super Rugby AU after COVID, um, we sort of, obviously, we had no home games, which didn't help. And we're sort of still finding that sweet spot of, um, of players. So I think last year was a big learning experience. We didn't, we didn't win a game last year, but we sort of made most games we played really competitive and really fun to watch. And I think a lot of people enjoyed watching the force last year. Um, even though we didn't get those results. And, and this year, you know, just getting those players, getting, getting the, the key playmakers, guys like Cabelli and Miotti, who I just mentioned, um, and then really um, fine-tuning them into the system, finding the combinations that work. And over the last, um, you know, sort of the first half Super Rugby AU, Force was sort of trying to find those combinations. And I think they really found their sweet spot now. And obviously three games in the trot. Um, and, you know, things are looking amazing for the Force right now. Yeah, you talked about last season not picking up a victory, but... Overall, on this season, they look at it, you know, eight games, four wins, four losses. I mean, if you see that to any Force fan at the start of the season, uh, they would have grabbed that to two hands, both feet, uh, and hugged it and never let it go for the rest of their lives. So this is a, an ultimate result for their season. But this is a final, equivalently. We've got the Reds. They're having a week off. They're resting up nice and, and cuddly in their little beds with their nice little red blankets. But the Brumbies and the Force have to do battle yet again. The Brumbies are not a bad team. The Brumbies are not a rubbish team. The Force, they've got a, a, a massive task up against them this weekend, don't they? We'll have a look at the squads, which have nicely been named for us uh, in the lead-up to this in just a little second. But your your thoughts on the Brumbies and what the Force is going to have to do to topple this side that's been at the pinnacle of Australian rugby for so long and now threatening their losing pace to the Reds. And now they've got these upstarts of you know, the Western Force that are coming in just... Oh, causing a disruption. Uh, what have they got to do to, to take them out? Well, it's not an easy task, is it? I think historically, if you look at all the Aussie, all the other Aussie teams, the Western Force match up worse with the Brumbies than anyone else. Um, teams like the Reds and the Waratahs, even in our sort of last years of, of full Super Rugby before we were kicked, we matched up really well with those teams. Um, but the Brumbies, the Force have never really been able to crack them, especially in Canberra. I think it's been about eight years, uh, roughly, since the Force beat the beat the Brumbies last. So it's been quite a big drought. Um, and like you said, the Brumbies have always sort of been the pinnacle of Aussie rugby. They've been the benchmark. They might not be number one on the table this year, but they still are the defending champions. And you know, to go to Canberra and, and dethrone the defending champs is not an easy, an easy task. And obviously, the reverse fixture was probably the the, for, the Force's worst game. Um, the last time they played them, it was it was one of the floggings, one of the only floggings really in, in AU so far. Um, wasn't a good game. Um, defensively, the Force are pretty poor in that game, which is a bit strange because the Force have really relied on the defence much of the year. Um, quite weak out wide and, and quite vulnerable to that driving more. But at the same time, there was sort of a different Force team as well. Uh, a lot of 
a lot of changes have been made since then, and I think that that sort of game spurred them to make those changes. Um, sort of uh, made Tim Sampson realise that maybe, um, you know, guys, especially in the halves combination, that things really needed some changing, which is where guys like Nadi got really got bought in there and, and really made sort of a, a stalwart of the team, I suppose. Um, and then yeah, guys like Jeremy Thrush have just got better throughout the year, and the defence has obviously has been there, and then. The attack has just come in the last few weeks. Sort of something just clicked. Um, but yes, it's not a it's not an easy task um, to go into Canberra and, and beat a team like the Brumbies. Yeah, if, if I'm going to pinpoint key things for the Swiss and Force team, I think that really turned around their season. It's the guys like you've mentioned, Cabelli um, and Miotti, massively massive difference as well. But I think you talked about about their attacking ability clicking a bit more. I think Jordan Oliver Feller is a guy mm. that has just sparked in the last two weeks. A guy that can create big players from his pace, chase kicks with his speed. The pace is just something you just, it's just one of those raw, talented things, isn't it? That you just, doesn't matter. You can be the most skillful player in the world, but just pace is just something that is unreplaceable. You, you cannot replace a guy with just out and out speed uh, and ability to accelerate away from a defender and, and make his way through defensive line. Last week, he was such a massive, massive key uh, for that Western Force side. So he is going to once again be massive for them. We'll take a look at the two sides. Um, we'll kick off with the Brumbies first because they are, of course, the home team and they are welcoming back uh, a number of players uh, to their team. Three Wallabies, uh, James Slipper, Nick White and Pete Samu all coming back. Oh, and, and Ira Simone. So we've got four um, coming back into that uh, team. They're key players as well. So Slipper will be alongside the try-scoring hooker of Falau Fanger. He's going to be one to watch out for with this Brumbies team. And of course, Captain Alan Al Toa will be a number three Darcy Swain and Caden Neville will be in that second row of Rob Valentini. Rory Scott coming in at seven. And Pete Samu returns to number eight. Nick White and Noah Loisio will be the halves combination. Ira Simone and Len Ikitao in that midfield. Tom Wright and Andy Muir head on the wings. And Tom Banks at fullback. I mean, we should mention a little bit about this Brumbies team. But there's a lot to look out for. And danger in the side, isn't there, with the Brumbies. We all we all know that, you know, kick to the corner and their maul and how dangerous that side of their game is going to be. But I think the return and, and a bit of form from especially those two Toms and the Banks and the right, Ikitao has been a, an immense runner in that midfield, probably not as good as he has, was at the start of the season in the last few weeks, but potentially has been a, a really, really solid player for them. But not the one-trick ponies, are they, that they have been in the past. They've evolved their game a little bit more and become, I guess... A little bit more dangerous in the back line, but a little bit less dangerous in that complete side as, you know, that one-dimensional kind of game they played with that pack. It's kind of weakened them a little bit, but dangerous now they can play anyone's sort of game on their day if they want. Yeah, 100%. And I think you, you really saw that in um, the last time the Force played the Brummies. Then Muir, Muir had scored two, if not three, tries against the Force just out wide. Um, the Brummies are really relentless in, in their phase play in, in the Force's 22. They'll just sort of park up in the 22 and just keep just keep going and just keep attacking. Um, and if their rolling more wouldn't work, they'll just put it out wide and Muirhead would go in for an easy try. So, um, you know, the, the fact that, that their backs are also evolving with their with their pack, which is always strong, um, you know, it could be a worrying sign for, for any team playing them in this competition. I mean, the threat of it being all over this weekend <laughs> has to have them on full alert. I mean, there will be nothing left out there by the two sides. You know, the Brumbies... Are a team, I guess they'll probably be a bit more conscious about the possibility of next weekend. Whereas mm -hmm. I think the Western Force are going out. This sort of factor is that we've achieved far beyond what we expected mm -hmm. 
to achieve. Sure, this would have been a goal. I mean, you go into the season, I think you made the playoffs, lads. You know, that's whoa, yeah. you've you've just you know, you you've made all sorts of, of um leaping uh forward momentum, but um to get to a final would just be another level of that. So they're going to go out there and there's going to be nothing left in this Western Force team. You can guarantee that 100% that they will throw a million percent at this team. And they've named, I think, a really, really strong team. They're a side that know where they're good and they they know who their best players are in each position. So and I think, building on what you kind of said earlier, they've actually gained a lot of depth over this season, especially. Like, mm-hmm. you look at their bench and they've got guys on there you know and you know can perform and you know can play at a decent level when you when you're looking to see the likes of a, a Lee Warner prior um McGregor's on there being really good this season Greg's Greg Holmes uh Andrew Reddy these are all guys that you'd expect would be like geez why are these guys not starting uh for the Western Force but it's a, a really promising side f- for them that they actually have that depth off the bench so a look at the force team um obviously go through this fixture uh their front row Tom Robinson uh, Feliti Kaitu at Hooker and Santiago Medrano, the first of the Argentinians in the starting lineup. Jeremy Thrush and Siliki Tamani, another man who's been uh, quite good at uh, building up this pack for the Western Force, adding a lot of muscle and, and a lot of might to their game as well. Tim Ancy starts at six, Kane Kuteka at seven, and Bernard Stander, another key man for that Force team. He's at number eight. Cabelli and Miotti, those two. Massively important for the Western Force once again this weekend. Midfield, Kyle Godwin and Richard Kahui, who has really, I mean, rolled back the clock, isn't he? The last couple sure. of weeks, Richard Kahui has been just fantastic to watch. Jordan Oliver, fella, Mermi spoke of earlier. He wears 11. And Tony Pulu, who also has the ability to spark and completely change a game, he's wearing 14 for the Force. And Jack uh, Strawn who wears the 15 jumper. So interesting they've gone with him instead of McGregor in that 15 mm. as well. And um, it's a shame we're not seeing more of a guy like Dave Carney, who really, um, not Dave Carney, Rob Carney. I've got the yeah. Carneys mixed up. Rob Carney in that number 15 jumper uh, for the force. But still, look at that team. It's very strong, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah, 100%. If you had you know, shown me this this team a few years ago, like, <laughs> so, sure after we got kicked, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed this is actually a Western Force lineup. Um, it's an amazing team. Uh, good mix of guys who sort of stayed and guys have obviously been imported as well. Um, I've been really impressed with this halves combination. I've already talked about them a few times, but it's always good when, you're, uh, when your halves can speak the same language, which I think is, uh, has held <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Um, they did try Jake McIntyre at 10 at the start of the season. Didn't really work out. Didn't really work with Kibeli. Probably worked with Pryor a lot better than he did with Kibeli. But, um, you know, having your 9 and 10 be able to speak the same language is always good. So... <laughs> Um, and yeah, Miotti's been an absolute revelation uh, this season for the Force. And, you know, he's such an ice man, and you know, mm. to have just a reliable kicker that you can can re- rely on time and time again. Um, and he's he's really shown it with some really clutch moments. Uh, Brandon Stand is also really impressed with this season. I think he's had a bit of a breakout season. Definitely putting his hands up for quality selection. I'd say um, a guy who's been at the club for so so long, but he just keeps getting better um, every every game and. Been so so impressed, and obviously like Jeremy Thrush probably been the forces arguably the forces best player, um, especially last week. He just kept going, um, got that card really late, and came back on and and, and kept going. So um, had a nice ten minute breather there for taking out the nine, but um, he's he's been amazing. And this is another guy, so I guess you could say turn back the clock a little bit, um, like Richard Kahui, and yeah, a little bit little bit uh, surprising that McGregor wasn't starting, um, but. Uh, maybe they've seen something in the Brumby side that they think Sean brings that McGregor doesn't. And McGregor's a pretty nice guy to have coming off the bench as well to provide some 
some last-minute impact. So, um, yeah, no, quite impressed with the, with the team. Probably would have started McGregor, but uh, if Tim Sampson reckons he's seen something in, in the Brumbies, he's coached in Canberra before. So, um, if he thinks he's seen something, then, uh, then yeah, bring it on. But uh, <laughs> interesting choice. You wouldn't argue with him, would you, after what he's produced this season uh, for the Western Force? But it's amazing you say, talking about Wallaby selection, normally we wouldn't really involve the Force in that conversation, yeah. do you? Because it's like they normally, you know, like you say, that one result against the Brumbies mid-season is probably the only one that they've really uh, been completely out of. And I was looking through their fixtures. Um, the first game against the Brumbies, they lost by 16. Uh, but then, of course, they beat the Waratahs by four. Uh, they lost the Rebels by three. I uh, lost to the Reds by seven. Uh, then the big one, 42-14, they lost to the Brumbies. Uh, and then back on the winning road, one-point win against the Rebels, uh, a one-point win against the Waratahs, and, of course, a three-point win against the Reds. Every game has been generally under that 10-point uh, sort of buffer, which is really impressive that they stayed in games and learned that ability to actually pick up the victories, which is really key. So uh, getting to the stage, a top-three team, they have to be looked at for Wallabies players because they can't get overlooked like they can in previous seasons as guys are just getting thumped and smashed every single week. So it's got to be good for them building up, getting better, and now going for those higher honours with those guys that are actually standing up to these top, top sides. But ultimately, we have to go through the whole weekend. We can't talk about the Western Force and the Brumbies all uh, night long. But finally... A pick, are you going to go with your boys to get the job done? I'm kind of I'm kind of liking it. I'm kind of liking the chance. So uh, how are you swinging? Yeah, look, um, I think it would just be a bad juju to go any other way. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think this game's going to be decided on the forwards. Uh, the, obviously, the Brumbies obviously always, has a, always had that dominant rolling ball. And the force um, defensively have had the most steals line, and, and line-ups in the whole competition so far. Guys like Jeremy Thrush are really helping that. So... I think that's where the game's going to be decided. Uh, there might be a few, few uh, long passes out wide, but I think the main battle's going to be going to be in the forwards. Um, I've got the force by a single point. I think um, you know the Brumbies, like you said, will will really t- be taking this game seriously. But I think they will also have that end goal in mind, defending that, defending that um that trophy. Uh, this is the forces final. If we make it through, then then mm-hmm. next week will also be our final, I suppose. But. Um, in terms of, of, of mindset, I think the Brumbies will, will just be looking behind the force a little bit as well, just at, the, at that Reds at, at, at Suncorp and sort of getting ready for that as well. Um, the force, like you said, is just going to throw absolutely everything. This is the first finals game in franchise history. Um, they don't, they've got nothing, the force have got nothing to lose at this game. Um, you know, if, if, we, if they lose, you know, they, they, people just say the Brumbies are the better side, the force done well. Um, if the Brumbies lose, it'll be quite catastrophic mm. for them, I think, but yeah. Um, so you could say you could say the Brumbies have more to lose and might motivate them more, but I think just in terms of where the force are, I think Brain Asana had a quote today saying that you know if if you don't think you can win any game you play, you're in the wrong profession. And I think the, the force genuinely believe they do have a chance, and they've shown that. And Canberra is a tough place to play. Brumbies are a really good team, but there's just such a good belief in this team, um, and the, just the fashion they've been winning in those last minute games, those last minute tries, um, penalties. Um, they just they've been playing finals footy for the last few the last mm. few weeks. So, um, and obviously Brumby's coming off a bye as well. Where, will they start slow? It, it depends. Um, but the force are red hot right now, and I think they could stun the Brumbies. And uh, just it's just good signs for me that they have been winning these really close games at the end. And uh, their problem last year was they started really hot and then they sort of lagged as the game went on. But it seems like that fitness wise they've really fixed up this year, and they brought in really guys the guys who can really close the game. The other fellows, your Miotis. 
Um, guys like Richard Kahui coming off, putting that kick off to Oluofele. Just that experience that the Force really missed last year. And, um, you know, it's experience that you want in these finals games. So um, those are the guys who are going to be putting their hands up, those really experienced guys, um, those test veterans. So I've got the Force by a single point. I, I, that, that's what I was going to go. I, I kind of I want, I want to see it. That's what I want to happen. I want the Force to win. I just want this to boil over and just be... Memorable for all the right reasons. We, we talked about, was it halfway through the competition? We were like, where are we at here? We're going to have a, a Blues Crusaders, a, a Reds Brumbies final. Uh, we knew that kind of after three weeks. And then the Chiefs and the Force just completely flipped the whole tournament on their head. And of course, other teams have helped along the way with other results. But these two sides have gone from the depths of pretty much being the, the wooden spooners to now they are finalists, um, much like the Chiefs and Super Rugby LT at all. So it's just, it's just been a fantastic turnaround the season in the second half. But I agree with you. Um, and I think the Force is going to have that ability to go right to the bitter end, like you say, and leave everything out there. And it may be a case that sparks my mind straight back to Rugby World Cup um, last time in 2019. England and the All Blacks. They were, they were only one track, you know, and that's when you got to that South Africa game in that final for the English they had done their final. And I, I feel this could be the same for the Force. You know, they, they might win this game, but I don't think they could, they'll could. they do the double, although I'd love to see it. Um, but just the way that, that their focus is, confidence, teammates, things like that, they could get this job done. And I want to see it, so I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to Force by one as well. It's going to be tight and exciting um, and hopefully some brilliant rugby to be on display. And that, that's our only Super Rugby AU game that we actually have this weekend, uh, we will flip it back. Of course, we still have two other games to go through, so we'll, we'll flick through them as well uh, in today's episode. But of course, it's a final. This is the, this is a final, guys. Two teams are going to be playing next week. Three are going to be gone. The Brummies and the Force could be out on this side of the ditch, though. It's the final round, and it's almost it's almost a dead rubber weekend, really, isn't it? The, the Chiefs and the Crusaders already decided to be finalists. Uh, next weekend, of course, Super Rugby Altered are different to AU, where it's just straight to the final. So for teams like this matchup, our opening um, matchup of the round, the Hurricanes at home up against the Highlanders. Not too much riding on this one, is there? For the Highlanders, a potential chance, and it's an odd thing too, that they will go one win, one loss against every team in the competition if they win this game. But these teams, neither want to lose. And when you look at this table as well, a win for the Highlanders, although it's not a loss isn't going to drop them, but a win could propel them above the Blues, provided what happens um, in the, the Blues-Chiefs game. Of course, we'll take a look at those teams later on. Um, Chiefs have really gone a bit wild with their selections. But the Highlanders still have lived that prospect, get that third spot, and their season, they should still deem that as a, as a success, shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, the, the, it's a bit of a, a bit of a strange weekend in uh, in Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, not a, yeah, like you said, not a, not a whole lot riding on it, I suppose. Um, yeah, look in, in terms of uh, the Highlanders and Hurricanes. Um, yeah, not a yeah, not, pretty much not a whole lot riding on it. It's not not a, not a whole lot to say, but um, hmm. yeah. <laughs> It's a bit, bit case of it, isn't it? It's like wanting to win, wanting to get those bragging rights, I guess. Um, but yeah, a, a huge amount um, has already passed in these guys' seasons. So they'll want to um, probably finish with a flurry um, and look forward to, of course, Trans-Tasman Super Rugby, which will be kicking off um, in the coming weeks as well. So that's where the focus is going to be, getting teams up and ready for that. We'll look at the two sides. Uh, the Hurricanes, 
They are at home, of course. So their team will be Xavier Numir, Dane Coles, and Tyrell Lomax in their front row. James Blackwell and Scott Scrafton, uh, the big boys in the second row of Reed Prince, Duplessis, Creepy, and Devin Flanders wearing that number eight. It's that inexperienced 19 again. Luke Campbell and Ruben Love, what a time to do it. Like you said, nothing right on this now. Give the guys the confidence to go out there and experience more at that level without that pressure, I guess, to develop their game. Lamarpe and Proctor in midfield. Rayasi on the left wing. Savia back on the right-hand side. And Geordie Barrett at 15 for the Hurricanes. For the Highlanders, they've gone pretty much all out as well. Their best team, of course, Marino McAuley too. It's uh, just been announced that he's out for the season as well. So it's a bit of a shame that we won't get to see any of that amazing uh, back row this season. But this side, Ethan De Groot, Ash Dixon and Siati Tokalahi in their front row, Brynn Evans and Josh Dixon in the second row, Shannon Frizzell, Billy Harmon and Kazuki Amino, the amazing Japanese player at number eight, Aaron Smith, Mitch Hunt, they're on the halves with Scott Gregory and Sarah Topkinson. Scott Gregory's been uh, surprisingly solid in that number 12 jumper. Uh, so it's good to see him getting some form. Jonathan Ricky's on the left wing. Sam Gilbert. Now, cast your memory back. Oh, Josh Joanne's at fullback as well. But cast your memory back. I don't know if you remember last year. Sam Gilbert burst onto the Highlanders um, scene, played, I think, two games, and then got a horrific injury. And he's been out ever since. So this is a bit of a welcome back for him uh, back into the starting lineup. Uh, quite a few. Um, promising signs as a player uh, from people around the place. So hopefully he gets to get a bit of a run out as well for the Highlanders. But ultimately, we talked a lot in the last game. You know, that big preliminary final, the, the, the mindset, the, the, the um, mental stage of the game. These guys, I, I think it's a bit of a struggle. I think this is where coaches earn their big bucks. How to get teams and players up for games like this. It is going to be a struggle Who's got that better mental state going into this to pick up the win? Who's who's going to do the job? You know, it's a tough one. I think um, in terms of, well, obviously in terms of the fans, this game might not be a big party, but I think for these two, for these two teams, I think it's pretty, it'll be pretty, um, I think they'll be pretty motivated, both teams, to win this. You know, bottom of the table, you know, Highlanders could, like you said, could go past the Blues if they, if they pick up the win here and, and results go, go in their favour, but in terms of right now, these are the two teams at the bottom of the table and teams with a lot, lots to prove. And like you said, especially between, you know, the, the Trans-Tasman Super Rugby. Um, it depends. The the Hurricanes obviously got the... um they, They've been surprisingly bad this season, I found. Mm. Obviously, like you said, everyone sort of picked the Chiefs to be bottom of the table and that definitely didn't happen. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, the Hollanders, you know, lost the Canes at home. Um the last time they played, so obviously there'll be that motivation to get back one back over the, the Hurricanes, or and obviously in, in the Cape Ten. But um, I think the Canes maybe will be that that much more motivated this this year this week. So um, I've got the Canes uh, by six, just the fact that it's a home fixture, and I think they want to do the double over the, over the Landers. So yeah, even though you wouldn't like that, <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Don't 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 talk bad about the boys like that. Oh God, we go we going on the road, road trip to the cake tin. We're gonna eat some cake uh, and pick up the W. Oh, that was you picked my same margin, except let's go the other way. I was going to go to Highlanders by six, less than a try in it. So I think it, it should still be an exciting matchup. Um, but uh, yeah, like like you said earlier, nothing really riding on it except pride, except you know that winning run. Finishing the season, I see momentum into Trans Tasman, um, and yeah, getting things on the right foot. 
probably, I think, what we haven't really mentioned, but what's going to be massively key for this game is not letting anyone get injured because yeah. these two sides have been hammered. Uh, like the Hurricanes, imagine, you know, they went into this and lost to Geordie Barrett or something like that. Mm. That would be just, oh, no. I'm I'm, mm. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they haven't, you know, let a couple of key guys out, you know, a Dan Coles or something, you know, thinking mm. of, you know, because they won't. What would you prefer that you know the, uh, when it gets the Highlanders here, or or to go and maim some Australian teams in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, it's tough, but yeah, a, a loss to a couple of key players as they have done. You know, look at their their halves combination uh, could be catastrophic for the team and the Highlanders. Much the same boat. I mean, this season-ending injuries list is is getting way too long, <laughs> way yeah. way too long. When, when you look at such you know guys that have really stood up, Connor Garden Bashit, what a shame, you know, uh, all, all the raps on Fatuli Pai coming across, uh, Falau Fakatava, Thomas Umanga Jensen, it's Squire, uh, Makaeli Tu, so many guys, um, mm. and, and Freedom Vahakalo as well. Oh, the, the list goes on, but I'm going opposite. Uh, Highlanders for me, uh, six points as well is the difference I was going for on that one, uh, but See who gets up for it. I expect tries, points, and probably defense to be optional uh, at best for that one. The final but second game of the weekend, and a, a double-header game as well, which I think is worth pointing out. Um, let's throw on this one at you completely uh, off the slide. Uh, but the uh, Blues and the Chiefs are playing um, a, a women's game beforehand. So that will be an interesting, and, we, and it's... This is a full-on double-headed sort of matchup as well uh, for these two sides. So it's the first time we've seen this sort of thing um, pre the Super Rugby matchup. We're going to see a bit more of this hopefully in the future. But yeah. I don't know. Just a little bit of your thoughts on it. It's um, it's a, this is a big this is a big deal to have this sort of game coming in here and these teams actually kicking things off. But women's rugby sparking, bursting, and, and becoming a, a big part of the global yeah. game now, isn't it? And, you can't argue. It's a great thing to see. And hopefully we see more of this in the future as well. Joining up these Super Rugby fixtures, getting double headers in the game, um, men's and women's games playing back to back. And really, who cares what way around it is? Mm-hmm. They're both, you know, the, 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 the gone are the days of um, the curtain raiser sort of thing, which, which you know, is a really bad way to describe it. But that's yeah. not anymore. These guys are fully tiered professionals sort of thing. And the game deserves to be fully respected now and it's good that they're getting a bit more recognition getting these super rugby sort of type teams and getting out there and playing these games isn't it oh yeah 100 percent. i think for for women's rugby we've seen it grow leaps and bounds over the last 10 years um and, and yeah for, for for it to be a double header um it's, it's a good way to get eyes on the, on the game of, of women's rugby as well so um you know that you, you still have the southern people that will refuse to watch women's rugby and you know, it, it might it might shine a shine a light on, on people who just haven't flat out seen it before. So, um, you know, to have a double header, have um have you know professional you know men and women both playing the same day, um, you know, there's no reason not to. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's going to be a good day of rugby. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, get down there, get down there. Um, Eden Park is going to be obviously the place, uh, but. Before the, uh, the the Blues and the Chiefs game, and I mean there, there was talk of this competition to be semi-professional, professional, starting as soon as possibly uh, next year. We'll see how that goes. I'm sure there'll be more um, to more information as that as the year goes by as well. But yeah, bring it on, more of it. Get all the unions involved, get all the teams involved, and um, get some more competition in there. But of course, the Blues and the Chiefs for Super Rugby Aotearoa again, not a huge amount riding on this, but I'm kind of surprised with the Chiefs team that they've named. Now, 
the Blues are the home team, but I'm going to name you the Chiefs side first, okay? So we know what the Chiefs have been doing over recent weeks and how great they've been playing. But taking this team, all right? Ollie Norris, Bradley Slater, and Sione Mofuleo are their front row. Uh, Samu Penny, Finau, and Josh Lord. Six caps between them. They're the second row. Okay, so you've got only six caps there, but you, you've got only one man who was capped in that back row. And Viliami Tuolani, Zane Capelli, and Peter Gustavakula are the back row. So two debutants. Um, for the Chiefs, and of course, Soakula has played a number of games for the team already. Tahurirangi starts at nine, and Bryn Gatlin at 10. It is uh, Ramika Poihupi at 12, and Sean Wainui at 13. The wings, she's Sean Stevenson and Balin Sullivan on the right hand side, Caleb Trask at fullback. Um, so you may have noticed one or two. Names missing in, in that cheap side. What are they doing here? Is is this just you know resting up? Momentum is huge. Are they making a mistake here? It could go either way. I mean, I think they might have seen that you know the Crusaders have got the bye this week, so there's no there's no chance of them picking up any injuries and you know coming into this game you know, when they're already in the final. You know, playing your your main stars is, is always a risk. But then, mm-hmm. like you said, then you play the you play the risk of actually losing all your momentum. If, if they get pumped by the Blues this week, um, will, that, will that skew their momentum? I don't know. There's, they can always say that, you know, this was very much a B team, but um, it's, it's, it's a dice roll. But maybe in the long run, I think you'd rather rest your stars, guys like Damian McKenzie. You'd, you'd rather have them in the final than, than not. So, um, yeah, I guess it depends, you know, looking to next week, whether, what impact this will have. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big, uh, big opportunity for the Blues. Massive opportunity for the Blues, who have had a horrid uh, end to their season. Their form, I, I was just looking at it before we started, uh, they lost, 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 and lost, and lost, and lost, and lost. They're, they're all over the show, not quite that bad. Um, but what, their last five games, one win, four losses. So uh, dreadful, terrible, has been pretty average. Um, but they've kind of, the, the Blues have lost their marbles. They, they really have lost their marbles completely. And they've named a team that's probably not, terribly convincing um, that they're going to absolutely go out there and wipe the floor with the Chiefs side either. So it kind of gives you a bit of hesitation as to where this one's going to go. I mean, if anything, they're blooding a lot of players. But for the Blues, we'll look at their team. Carl Tuinofuaki starts in number one. Kurt Eklund at two and Nipo Lalala completes their front row. Gerard Cowley, Tuioti and Sam Deary in the second row. Tom Robinson, Adrian Choke and Hoskins Satutu complete their pack. Finney Christie or Teddy Black. It's good to see Finney Christie back uh, for the Blues the last couple of weeks as well. He is a, an impressive uh, number nine. I like watching him play. Uh, Taliana Talia is at 12. Enrico Ioani at 13. Caleb Clark on the uh, left wing. Bryce Heem. That one puzzles me. He's on the right. They seem to have liked using him instead of some of the amazing youth they do have in the side. And Zahn Sullivan is at fullback. I mean, you look at that Chiefs side and you go, oh, geez, the, like you say, the, the Blues could could uh, completely tell them here. But that Blues team uh, doesn't fill me with much confidence either. I think this this could be a closer game they're probably giving either side a, a bit of credit for with the teams that they've named. Yeah, 100%. It's a, it's a bit of a weird one with, with both teams um, being named. Like, you just don't know really which way to, which way to go. Um, it is at Eden Park, which obviously does benefit the Blues. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, the Blues sort of lost their marbles the last few weeks. And coming to this, coming to this year, you, you know, I thought maybe this is a season where the Blues could, could eclipse the Crusaders. Um, 
after last year. They had a decent year last year and obviously just fell, fell off just towards the end. But, um, yeah, look, as far as uh, as far as the Blues go and the Blues and Chiefs go, really, it's uh, it's it's a really tough one to pick. <laughs> it's super tough. Um, oh, gee, what way do you go? I mean, I'm in with these two teams and they, there's so many names missing. Um, both sides have got key guys in certain areas, but their home advantage is certainly something that kind of just nudges me towards the Blues. The way they've been playing the last few weeks, I don't think would have pleased them too well. How much their confidence has been affected by that will be the question, I think, as to how well they play. Will they step it up? Have their heads dropped and they've gone, our season's over, we're not in the final. Who cares? You know, what is the mental state of that Blues team? I think the Chiefs are going to go with the, with the better mentals. The Blues are going to go on with the advantage of being home and, and probably marginally on paper a slightly more experienced team. But um, I kind of I kind of want to go for the away win because I've enjoyed the way the Chiefs have turned this competition around. Um, and it's a bit like I've already gone the force. So, yeah, why the heck not? What do you reckon? Who are you picking to win this one? It, these two games are a bit of shockers, but you've got to go one way or the other. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of the long run, I think I'll be supporting the Chiefs when they when they play the Crusaders <laughs> in the final. Um, in terms of this game though, just I just, the, the Chiefs lineup just doesn't really fill me with much confidence. You know, the Blues still have guys that can really break a game open, guys like guys like Satutu. Um, so I've gone the Blues and uh, the Blues won nine. Oh, he's gone the Blues by a big margin as well. Uh, you know what? I, I'm just going to be different. I've kind of talked myself into liking the Chiefs and. And I, I went to the when the Chiefs beat the Highlanders a, a few weeks ago, and although it was in, not a great result, it was a great atmosphere, great game uh, there as well. I I like the fact, and I think this is probably what that's kind of flicking me the other way is the fact they got uh, what four guys on the bench uh, that are having uh, Chiefs debuts as well, and most of them are Super Rugby uh, debuts, and you got of course a couple of guys in the starting lineup as well. What I like about that is the unknown factor. And how often do we see these guys come in? Sir, same in Australia as well. They just come on and burst onto the scene and completely shock the world and, and make a great job. I mean, they have guys in here that could be the next superstars of New Zealand rugby. And it's a great opportunity to give those guys a chance. And that's what excites me about this Chiefs team. Yes, they don't have that ability of a guy like McKenzie, who has been controlling the game so well in recent weeks. But... I just like seeing teams beat the blue, so I'm going Chiefs by two. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's what it all comes down to. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. We go, we're going the Chiefs. Go the Chiefs. Uh, keep it up. Yeah, look at this. We've got go the Chiefs. Everyone's getting involved. The rugby channel's jumping on in there as well. Um, everyone's jumping on in the underdogs. It's the year of the underdog. Go the force. Uh, the Chiefs, who are tipped for wooden spinners, they're going to be in the final as well. It's been a great season, a great season of Super Rugby and Aotearoa and AU. But that is it. That's only our three games. The four games, if you count um, the double hitter with the Blues and the Chiefs as well. But, you know, overall, it should be a nice little weekend of rugby. Any final thoughts? Any final little a little shot you want to make for the Western Force hitting into this week? I mean, geez, if they make the final, you have to come back next week, won't you? Oh, 100% be here next week, mate. And uh, <laughs> uh, I think mean, it just might happen. No, just, uh, you know, just from a Western Force, um, you know, just perspective, this is just a great week, great game. Uh, whatever the result, obviously we, we desperately want the win, and you know we don't necessarily see ourselves as a as a club that just you know makes up the numbers anymore. Uh, we, we're really pushing pushing these Eastern States teams and and really showing that 
obviously I've talked about it so much already on this channel through the years, but showing that the decision that the decision in 2017 was the wrong one. And, you know, there was a few people like like yourself who saw that it was a mistake at the time. There was also a few people that said it was the right decision and then that somehow it strengthened Australian rugby to have even less teams and even less opportunities. So, um, like guys like our old friend Scottish Cannon, who's gone a little bit quiet these days, but... Um, <laughs> But anyway, he's, people like that were wrong. And, um, you know, just the, the passion of the Sea of Blue to keep the force going these years. Guys like Twiggy Forest coming in and, you know, just the, the, the force just are Western Australia. And um, and the fact that we've kept them going and then we've worked our way back to Super Rugby and within two seasons I've seen ourselves in a preliminary final against the Brumbies. Um, it's not something to scoff at. So um, we're definitely done being the club that sort of gets discarded. Um, you know, there's sort of been that, that sort of meme of a club, I guess. But, um, you know, the passion has never left, never left the West and, you know, rugby's here to stay. So, and so are the force. So, uh, yeah, good luck to the force. Good luck to the Brumbies as well. Not too much, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to the game. I'm really I'm so keen for this game. I wish it was in the West cause that would be even better, mm. but, um, maybe next year, maybe we can uh, get a home final next year after winning, uh, after being the Reds next week as well. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to the game and, uh, and obviously, NZ, not, not as big of an occasion this week, but looking forward to some good rugby there. Yeah, I think we'll still get some probably high-quality games where attacking rugby is the only intent of either of these two sides. It's going to be entertaining, uh, you would hope, as, as the sides are just wanting to get out there and and uh, yeah, make some statements uh, in those last couple of games. You've got some support in there, Rugby Channel, saying yeah. go the force. <laughs> he wants it, to win the game and jump in the final as well. Uh, it would be absolutely epic if they can do that. So what I like about the Western Force, though, finally, is that win or lose, or draw, well, obviously it won't be a draw, but win or lose this game, the support will, will not wane. It will, will not waver. It won't go away. It's still going to be just as passionate and just as big when Trans-Tasman starts in a couple of weeks' time. That's what's so great about them. If, if they had a dud season, won one or two games, the support would still be there and the passion would still be there. They'd still be loving it. The improvements are there. They can see the work and, and things paying off for that team. So that's what's always great to see about the Western Force side, how they keep that passion, I guess, in the West and, and the team and, and support from those local uh, people and, and everything around that place as well. So that is what's great about it. Um, it's great to see them doing well. And hopefully we're both going for a one-pointer. So make sure to follow us um, on Twitter. You can get all our accounts as well, be in the description. Mm. Um, so go check those out. And um, if the force win, well, uh, I can't I can't take responsibility for what will go on Brett's uh, Twitter <laughs> uh, handle. So to- <laughs> Keep an eye out for that. But that is us for this week. Thanks for coming. Thanks for the comments, everyone, as well. Uh, the Force win. You'll see Batman uh, next week. We'll be back here 100%. as well going on about it. So uh, hopefully. See you next week. Results. I'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. <laughs> see you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 